Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I am your host, Jordan Jones. Purdue hosted one of the biggest games they've played in in years on Saturday, but the visiting Northwestern Wildcats controlled the game to start to finish in a 27-20 victory. Let's break it all down here today and take a look at Purdue's first loss of the season. It got started quick with a Northwestern touchdown on their first drive of the game. Early on that possession, Peyton Ramsey converted on a third and 13 uh, broken play that he was able to find a receiver downfield. And then on a fourth and short from uh, Purdue territory, Lorenzo Neal jumped off sides, giving the Wildcats a fresh set of downs, and they ultimately converted on a Peyton Ramsey touchdown pass. After that scoring drive, we saw four straight drives going nowhere before Purdue got on the board themselves with a 30-yard field goal by J.D. Dellinger. That didn't last long, though, as the Cats responded with a field goal of their own, a career-long for the Cats kicker. And each team added a touchdown before half. Uh, We saw Purdue redshirt freshman Garrett Miller take his first career reception 40 yards to the house, a beautifully designed fourth-and-one play by head coach Jeff Brom. Miller was wide open and was able to create enough space in the open field to find the end zone. However, that tied the game up, but Peyton Ramsey put the game back in the Cats' hands with his second touchdown pass of the day, took a 17-10 lead to the half, and Northwestern opened up the second half scoring as well. Uh, Third touchdown connection between Peyton Ramsey and Ramud Shakayao Bowman. Uh, He had all three touchdown receptions. And, you know, when the game got to 24-10, the game felt a little bit out of reach. Just Purdue was not moving the ball well. Nothing was getting going on the ground. And Purdue gets a situation where they have goal to go. Uh, They get a fourth and goal from the six and elect to kick a 23-yarder to make it 24-13. to And, you know, Northwestern responds from that with a Charlie Kubander field goal to make it a 14-point game again. And, you know, I don't know. You could argue that Purdue could have gone for it on that fourth and goal play. You can argue to kick the field goal. Um, Regardless, it was a 14-point game early in the fourth quarter. Aiden O'Connell threw a beautiful touchdown pass to Milton Wright on a great route into the corner of the south end zone to make it 27-20. And Purdue's defense rose up. They got two more possessions to try and tie the game. Neither possession uh, got to the end zone. Don't think either even crossed the 50. The final score, Northwestern 27, Purdue 20. The Wildcats moved to 4-0, and and I believe they broke the top 20 in the rankings this week. Meanwhile, the Boilers fall to 2-1, and and the streak continues. Purdue has still not been ranked since 2007. Uh, it seems likely that had Purdue won this game, they might have sneaked into that AP Top 25 this week. Now, breaking down the game a little bit, you know, obviously Purdue fans weren't too happy with this one. There were lots of comments on message boards and on Twitter about the game. And it all started in the afternoon when Purdue came out with their what's becoming a weekly news release that uh, Rondale Moore would not be available for the game. Uh, They pretty much just said Rondale Moore will not be available and there is no further comment to be had. You know, in the postgame press conference, Brom maintains that 
Uh, we'll still see Rondale Moore at some time this year, but skepticism is growing. Uh, I understand it. Uh, I don't know really how to feel about it myself, um, other than I'm not sure that I expect to see Rondale Moore this year at this point. But getting into the game a little bit, you know, Aiden O'Connell didn't have his best day. 28 of 51, 263 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But I think Saturday was the first time that Aiden O'Connell's lack of mobility was completely exposed by the opposing team. And, you know, we really saw it for the first time in, I believe it was the third quarter when Aiden O'Connell is strip sacked as he's trying to run up the middle, just a play that really probably should have never happened. And Northwestern is able to return it well, uh, I believe, to around the 20-yard line. And it just wasn't, you know, that was the first time where we really saw O'Connell's lack of mobility hurt him. He didn't look comfortable handling the ball as he was running. And, you know, that's that's something that Purdue has to do. You have to be able to tuck and run it sometimes in today's brand of college football. We saw, you know, he never looked comfortable. And Northwestern's defense was incredibly physical with Purdue's receivers. Um, you know, Jeff Brom mentioned this in his postgame press conference, referencing the, he said, grabbing and holding by the defensive backs. But they did a great job at taking away Aiden O'Connell's first read. And we saw a lot of times when that first read wasn't there, O'Connell loitered around the pocket a little bit and threw one in the vicinity of David Bell. I'm not saying that's the worst idea. David Bell is an elite receiver, but it was very noticeable that that was really what it was coming down to when O'Connell didn't see something early in his progression. I did think that we were going to see Jack Plummer at some point in the game. Brom never elected to make the move uh, in the postgame presser. He said he did consider it to get some more mobility out there. But, man, given the way Jeff Brom has handled quarterbacks, especially in that 2017 season where Elijah Sindelar and David Blau were playing wheel of quarterbacks for a little bit, I was really surprised to see O'Connell play the entire game when the offense wasn't exactly clicking. It does sound like, you know, from that indication from Brom that Plummer is the number two option ahead of Austin Burton. And that this isn't to bash on O'Connell much. There were some really nice throws he made in this game. We saw him step up on third down a couple times and deliver some strikes. His touchdown passes both were uh, really good balls on you know plays that weren't the easiest to make. But boy, as a whole, he looked pretty uncomfortable. He also wasn't helped out by his run game whatsoever. We did see King Doru uh, dress for the first time this year, saw the field for about a possession, but it was all Xander Horvath on Saturday. He had 10 carries for 21 yards, and you know he was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on nearly every play. He has to get some momentum going to be effective, and Northwestern's defensive line did a great job of collapsing holes. I mean, as a whole in this game, Purdue had 17 carries for two yards, and if you take out the sack losses from Aiden O'Connell, Purdue reached 28 total rushing yards. That's that's not good. You can't win games with that. Northwestern was so good um, on defense. It's filling those gaps. 
when we saw Doru come in, he got one carry on a third and one, and he got stuffed at the line right away. We didn't see him again. I don't understand that one. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Purdue did not run the ball well at all. I had in my preview of this game, one of the keys to the game was that Purdue had to stick to the run game. And Purdue abandoned the run really quick in this game. We saw it on the first play even. Purdue's first play from scrimmage, Purdue has an under center run to Horvath. They've got a lead blocker out there. And they maybe got back to the line of scrimmage. I was hoping to see the wide receivers get a little bit more involved in the run game, but we got one carry by Milton Wright for a gain of five yards, and that was it. Uh, I would love to see Ahmad Anderson, Milton Wright, TJ Sheffield uh, get involved in those run plays and the jet sweeps. Uh, I think it at least adds another dimension to this offense, and it's something they could use. But getting back to the pass game a little bit and looking at Purdue's receivers, they just really struggled with that physicality of the Wildcat defensive backs. Uh, Northwestern corner Greg Newsom was in David Bell's face all day long. You could tell there was a ton of trash talk going on, and boy, did he back it up well. Bell was targeted 17 times, uh, nine receptions for 78 yards. His five-game streak of having over 100 receiving yards is now over. And quite honestly, he might have seen too many targets in this game. He wasn't open all that much. Uh, Safety Brandon Joseph was really good at shadowing David Bell as well. And he almost made a couple big plays uh, on balls that O'Connell probably shouldn't have thrown in number three's direction. We did see Xander Horvath really emerge as a check down option here. Uh, team leader with 100 receiving yards on nine catches. He was really good at running after the catch. He's a physical guy. You know, that's kind of his strength, too, is that Purdue can use him in the short passing game, and once he gets momentum, he's tough to tackle. But when he doesn't get that momentum, you know, he's really, really struggles to gain yards whatsoever. Um, but also, you know, Horvath doesn't get that many targets unless the secondary is locking down Purdue's primary progressions and forcing O'Connell to look into that checkdown option. Outside of a touchdown catch late in the game, Milton Wright had a pretty quiet one. Three catches, 24 yards, was targeted eight times. Uh, the touchdown catch was very nice, but just a quiet day for him. We saw Jackson Anthrop, the fifth-year senior from here in Lafayette. Uh, he returned to action today. Two catches for 11 yards, and, you know, it looked like he had a chance to make a touchdown grab during the third quarter. Didn't end up falling into his hands, but it was really good to see him back on the field. The kid has worked incredibly hard during his time at Purdue. I have nothing but respect for him. You know, he comes in as a redshirt freshman, leads the team in receptions, and then Rondale Moore takes his spot. But Anthrop has stayed ready throughout his time at Purdue, And it's good to see him back on the field. I would love to see him end strong in his time here as a fifth-year senior. It was another quiet day for Ahmad Anderson. Two catches for five yards. I think that's only five catches on the year now. Really surprises me a lot. I think, as Brom mentioned in his press conference this past week, he may be better suited at the outside receiver spot. I'd like to see Purdue get him out there a little more. 
especially when we keep seeing guys like Jared Sparks getting out there. Get, get some receptions for the younger guys like Ahmad Anderson. We saw highly rated uh, true freshman Abdul Rahman Yassin make his Purdue debut. Was targeted a couple times, didn't pull down a catch, but you know he's a four-star recruit who Purdue flipped from Northwestern. Ironically enough, he made his Purdue debut this weekend, and he's a guy we're going to see quite a bit from the next few years. I have no doubt about that. You know, other than that forty-yard catch and run by Garrett Miller for the first touchdown of the game, the tight ends were quiet for Purdue today. One grab each for Miller and Payne Durham. Four total targets to the tight end position, the one to Miller, and then three to Durham. The, just as a whole, the pass catchers did not respond well to Northwestern's bold, brash secondary. I I look to see Purdue and their receivers toughen up a little bit after this week. I think it's a wake-up call a little bit, and I think they're going to be ready to bounce back. You know, the struggles continued everywhere on offense because the offensive line didn't have a very good day. Sam Garvin, a bright side, was able to return to start at center. He was injured at Illinois. Uh, Gus Hartwig did see some snaps in this game as well at center, but Sam Garvin played the vast majority. Um, this, as a whole, though, the interior offensive line, so Garvin, DJ Washington at right guard, Spencer Holstedge at left guard, really struggled with Northwestern bringing linebackers up the middle to stop the run. O'Connell was sacked three times, um, but part of that goes to him holding on to the ball too long on a couple of those. We saw that late in Purdue's last couple possessions where they were trying to make a last chance effort. O'Connell took one sack where he really had to get rid of the ball earlier and maybe would have had a chance to make a play there. But, you know, Northwestern was just really disruptive in the backfield, both in the run game and the pass game. Not a good day for the offensive line, and I'm sure it won't be a fun week of practice for the big boys. On the other side of the ball, you know, I actually thought Purdue's defense had a nice day. And early on in the game, there were plenty of comments on Twitter and the message boards about Bob Diaco and the defense really struggling. But, you know, you have to look at the different aspects of the game. They gave up a lot of explosive runs against Illinois. And on Saturday, the longest rush they gave up was 12 yards. 40 rushes for 80 yards, that's fantastic. Um, two yards a carry. Purdue hasn't forced teams to have two yards a carry in years now. That was an impressive day for the run defense. But, boy, the pass rush without George Karlaftis leaves a lot to be desired. No sacks on the day. There weren't many throws at all where Ramsey had someone in his face. We saw Jack Sullivan start in Karlaftis' place, and he did have a few good pushes, but this unit really needs Karlaftis back. Uh, he's the one guy who is always getting into the backfield and creating some type of panic for the quarterback. Ramsey was really, really comfortable back there for the Wildcats on Saturday. And the other thing I noticed, Diedrich Mackey back in the secondary really struggled on Bowman all day. We saw a couple of those touchdown passes were Mackey getting burnt by Bowman pretty good. Bowman really had a fantastic day. Eight catches, 86 yards, and a touchdown, three touchdowns. But Ramsey, you know, this is a guy who has started three years in a row against Purdue now, two at IU, one this year at Northwestern, 
23 of 36, 212 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. That pick may not have been the most fair, though. Uh, it was a tough ball for Riley Lease to catch, went off his hands, and right into the hands of Purdue safety Cam Allen. And, you know, I thought the secondary did a nice job containing everyone besides Bowman. Marvin Grant got more snaps in this game. I really like seeing him out there. Brennan Thieneman had a pretty nice day as well at safety. But, man, Marvin Grant, I absolutely love the future he has at Purdue. I think he's going to be a really good player on this defense. Derek Barnes was everywhere for Purdue at linebacker. That transition from defensive end to linebacker back to his native position is really starting to pay off for Purdue. 14 tackles, two and a half of those behind the line of scrimmage. Just a really good day for Derek Barnes. We saw Demarcus Mitchell. You know, I feel like I'm bringing him up in every episode now, but he continues to prove why Purdue wanted him so badly. We did see him get shaken up a couple times. Looked like he had a leg injury at one point, but he kept coming back out on the field. Really going to be watching him to make sure he's healthy on Friday against the Golden Gophers. And Lorenzo Neal, uh, he hadn't done a whole lot in the first two games. Seems like he was a little bit limited by conditioning. Um, he was fantastic. His conditioning didn't seem to be as big of an issue. He played more snaps. And on Northwestern's last, second to last offensive drive, I guess, he made two big plays, one stopping a run on first down. And on third down, he batted away a pass to give the offense one last chance that didn't materialize, but he did his job there to get the offense back out on the field. I'm really not sold on Purdue fans complaining about Bob Diaco. We're three games in after an offseason that he didn't really get to install his defense the way he would have loved. Spring practice looked different and was shorter, and summer practice certainly looked different as well. This defense kept Purdue in the game, I thought they looked better than they did against Illinois. And, uh, you know, Purdue hasn't been known for great defenses over the years, but I do like what Diaco's doing with this defense. I, I think it needs a little more time before fans start to hit the panic button on this defense. Purdue has improved on special teams. That is one definitive thing that I saw from the Illinois to Northwestern game. J.D. Dellinger. Still perfect on kicks. Two for two field goals. Two for two point after touchdown on Saturday. It was interesting. We saw redshirt freshman kicker Chris Van Eckeren on a couple of kickoffs. He had one really impressive touchback way out of the north end zone. And the other one kicking to the other side wasn't a great kick. I'm going to be interesting to see who's handling the kickoff duties for Purdue from here on out. Both punters saw some action in this one, as Jeff Brom had indicated that we would likely see. Brooks Cormier, you know, again, he really struggled in the Illinois game. He had a great punt on Saturday that was downed at the one-yard line. His other two weren't great. Um, three total punts, an average of 37 yards a punt. One of those was a fairly short one that was caught at about the 17-yard line. And then Zach Collins saw his first action of the season. The rugby-style punter had four punts, an average of 36. You know, Cormier certainly has the better leg, 
Cormier is also just less consistent, and that's what Brom is really looking to get out of Brooks Cormier. Um, Zach Collins is consistent, more consistent probably, but he doesn't have the big leg ability that Cormier does. I was really encouraged to see Purdue's kick return game look a lot better. You'll remember I was really bothered in the Illinois game when Illinois kicked off from the 15 and Purdue wasn't able to return it to the 25. That really concerned me, but TJ Sheffield moved the ball well on kick returns, got one out past the 30, got another one or two out past the 25, and he was smart with taking the ball out and when the fair catch or take a knee. Uh, thought that area of the game got a lot better. Certainly noticeable off the bye week. And then Jeff Brom, an area I want to discuss. You know, there's been a lot of complaints on Twitter about Jeff Brom from Purdue fans. I think Purdue fans are right to expect a lot from him. He is the eighth highest paid coach in America. And these are the games that fans do expect to win with a salary that steep. But that being said, this is a good Northwestern team. I didn't think Purdue played very well at all, and it came down to the final minutes. Purdue had two chances to go and get on a scoring drive and tie up the game and couldn't do it. Purdue's previous coaches, especially the last two, they'd get blown out when they don't play well. Certainly in the Hazel era, if Purdue didn't play well, they weren't coming close. They probably weren't scoring, and they were certainly giving up 40 or 50 points. Expectations are certainly high. I understand that, but it could be a lot worse. And I do see quite a bit of the complaints being in the play calling. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what Brom feels comfortable with O'Connell doing, being that he's not a mobile guy at all. I don't know how confident he feels in his receivers outside of Bell or in his pass protection, but I do agree to some extent that the offense is a little bit less flashy and a little bit more vanilla than it was when he first took over and was running flea flickers and fake flea flickers and really just moving the ball all over the field. Players of the game on offense, I really don't know where to go with this one. I'll give it to Garrett Miller, I guess. Um, first career catch, first career touchdown catch. A really nice catch and run from him. I'd like to see him more on the field a little bit. Um, you know, good redshirt freshman guy. I think he has a nice future ahead at tight end. And on defense, it's got to be Derek Barnes. Man, 14 tackles is a lot. Two and a half behind the line of scrimmage. He looks good. He looks like a guy who might get some looks at the next level after this season. Purdue will be back in action on Friday. 7.30 Eastern kickoff on BTN. They head up to Minnesota to face off with the 1-3 Golden Gophers. Um, we'll have the preview episode back here on Thursday. But before we get out of here, we will recap the Big Ten from this weekend. Friday night, uh, Minnesota played again this past Friday, and the boat might be sinking in Minneapolis. A 35-7 victory for Iowa. The Hawkeyes dominated this game. They really took the ball out of Spencer Petrus's hand and kept it on the ground. They had a great day running the ball with Makai Sargent and Tyler Goodson. Um, Minnesota's defense has really struggled to stop the run all year. It was interesting to me to see wide receiver Amir Smith-Marset 
back on the field for the Hawkeyes. Uh, you'll remember he was arrested after their game two weeks ago, a loss to Northwestern. Uh, interesting to see him back on the field so quick. Uh, Minnesota's offense was ridiculously bad. Tanner Morgan can't get anything going with anyone besides Rashad Bateman. Muhammad Ibrahim was good on the ground again, but it certainly wasn't enough as Minnesota's last touchdown came in true garbage time just to get them on the board in this one. And then Saturday's action started off Indiana 24, Michigan State 0. And boy, the Hoosiers just keep on winning up to number 9 this week in the AP poll. Uh, receiver Ty Freifogel had over 200 yards and two touchdowns. A nice breakout game for him. And the Spartan offense is just not good. Rocky Lombardi was benched in the second quarter. Uh, go to a backup quarterback who didn't put up any points. The Mel Tucker era is just not off to a great start. And I don't think the people up in East Lansing are too happy with that. The other noon kick, Nebraska 30, Penn State 23. Boy, quarterback controversy aplenty in this one. Um, Sean Clifford, the second-year starter for Penn State, was benched early on. And Adrian Martinez, who started the last two seasons for Nebraska, did not play. Penn State falls to 0-4. Fans are not very happy with James Franklin right now. Nebraska needed this win very badly. They turned to backup quarterback and running extraordinaire Luke McCaffrey. He had a nice day, got the job done as Nebraska gets on the gets in the win column and improves to one and two. A little bit delayed at the start for Illinois and Rutgers, but three interceptions from Rutgers quarterback Noah Vedral handed this one to Illinois 23 to 20. Illinois went with Isaiah Williams at quarterback. No, not the legendary Juice Williams, but another Isaiah Williams. Heavy diet of runs, 59 carries for 338 yards for the Illini. They missed a couple field goals late, but Brandon McCourt made the game winner as time expired. Both teams are now 1-3. and three. Neither team is very good, but a good win for Lovey Smith to at least get a little bit of the heat off him and get them into the win column. Finally, the nightcap on ABC, Wisconsin 49, Michigan 11. Welcome back, Badgers. They ran it all over Don Brown's defense for over 300 yards and five touchdowns. It was good to see Graham Mertz back at quarterback for Wisconsin. Glad he recovered from COVID safely. And Michigan is just a dumpster fire. Joe Milton was benched for Cade McNamara. Milton threw interceptions on his first two passes and was still struggling after that. McNamara didn't get much done either. Nothing is working for the Wolverines, and Harbaugh's seat is getting hotter and hotter by the day. That's all I have to recap week four of the Big Ten season. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I'll be back right here Thursday morning with an in-depth preview of Purdue's matchup with Minnesota, a rare Friday night game for the Boilers. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Boilers Beyond so you don't miss any news between now and Thursday morning, as well as subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on that Minnesota preview. Until next time, stay safe.